0: Hello, Uh, my name is John Bradbury. I am a growth advisor at the EMA in the People Experience team. In this EMA EMA podcast, in this EMA cast, um, we're gonna be looking at the four day work week. Um, It's a subject that we've we've looked at before, um, but today um, we're really fortunate um, that uh, we're gonna be discussing it with some people with very practical experience of implementing the four day work week in in their organisation. Um, so we were exploring the sort of pract- very practical side of it, and uh, looking for what what they learnt in their organisation and what advice perhaps they have for other organisations. So, um, in terms of the organisation, it's uh, Blind Low Vision, uh, New Zealand, which is a member of member of the EMA, and in fact, um, they they took the initiative with us when we were first talking about the four day work week, and. Um, they got in contact and said, "Well, we've we've actually done that and implemented it." And and the person that did that um, it was was Gwen uh, Gwen Green, who is the the GM of uh, fundraising at uh, at Blind Low Vision. So first of all, perhaps Gwen, you could introduce yourself and uh, tell us a bit about what led you to get
1: in touch with us. Um, yeah, so Gwen Green, general manager of fundraising at Blind Low Vision NZ. And we're just really, really proud of the fact that we've implemented the four-day working week, that we are, we believe the first not-for-profit in New Zealand to do so. And we just really wanted to talk about it and share it with the people because it's an incredible opportunity and we just want more people to know that it can be done. And if we can do it, so can other people.
0: Oh, great. Thanks, thanks, Gwen. And also in the room today, we've got Mark Dickinson, who is the, the GM of Business Services. And Mark, what, what was your role in the,
2: the whole four-day work week? Well, when we started it, John, um, it was uh, just after we'd had a change in chief executive, and we had uh, a lot of structural change in the organization, and we had a lot of uh, issues around staff engagement, and we were looking for something that could actually, the organization can get behind as an initiative, something that we could put a stake in the ground and move the organization forward. And we thought about the four-day work week, we'd done some research on it, and uh, we thought this was an ideal initiative for our type of organization. We're a relatively complex organization, lots of branches, 300 odd staff. So it was a little bit more complicated for us than, than we first thought, but we went into it with our eyes open and uh, it's worked out incredibly well for us. Um, one of the things I found interesting in, in talking to you over
0: the last couple of months is actually that point you mentioned there about the complexity of your organisation. Um, would, would one of you or perhaps both of you like to explain about um, you know, what it is that you do and what makes that complexity there?
2: Well, I mean, for us, we are a service organisation, so we are in the disability health sector, effectively, uh, and we're delivering services to some 15,000 clients across New Zealand, and we're running around 19 offices. So we're not like a bank with one central office or an admin office, if you like. Uh, we're running um, some operations, like our guide dog operation is a 24-7 operation. Uh, it's a little bit different from a normal organisation. So that made it a little bit tricky for us with the uh, staff spread across the country, different types of of units within the business, like we have um, you know, a normal IT, a normal administration function, a normal finance function, but then a client services function, and then Gwen's unit which is like a fundraising function. So that just made it a little bit different for us, uh, and we had to design our scheme uh, around the complexity of our organisation. Yeah.
1: And I think that's the key thing, is that we have so many different facets to an organisation. And I truly believe if we can do it, then so can anybody else. Because you think of our administration centres, you know, we've got large offices in, for example, in Christchurch in Auckland. But then in other places around the country, we've got some really small offices, which, you know, are almost akin to small businesses in their local community. We've got fundraising department, which is dealing with members of the public Every day of the week, sometimes more, sometimes less, depending on the time of year. We're out visiting clients in their homes. We've got the guide dog services, as Mark said. So we cover a lot of areas in types of work we do and how we communicate and ensure we're effective. So making that right for every area of our business has been kind of a really key priority. It has.
2: And I think one of the key things, John, is that, that, that one of the fundamental points of uh, the 4-Day week for us was that it's a staff-led solution. Mm. So it's not a top-down solution. It was not a management-led solution. Management put up the ideas. Our people leaders took over the ideas, and the staff designed the four-day work week. Among the parameters that we set, like if you have an office, it needs to open from eight to five, obviously, five days a week. Uh, But we uh, set the parameters and we said to the staff, you design the work patterns, you accept your KPIs around what you do and what you need, as long as you meet the fundamental business needs. And that was a huge advantage for us and we learn a great deal out of that. And
1: I think people felt really empowered that within their teams and within their departments, they got to design what it would look like and work for for them. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's, that's very interesting you talk about that because, you know, often in organisations you talk about sort of making change and sort of changing the culture and kind of which, which kind of comes first. Um, how, how did that work, work for you? Did you have a culture of empowerment before
2: with your teams or is this, this is a kind of output of, of the work that you've done here? I think it's an output. I mean, we didn't have great staff engagement. Uh, and so this was a means of us engaging with the staff around something that was really, um, you know, beneficial to them as well. Uh, and it was a staff-led solution, so they were engaged from day one. It did clearly have a benefit, obviously, a 4 work workweek is mm. a clear benefit, and that you're getting time off, uh, paid time off effectively. And so it enabled us to empower the staff to design a solution, give them their voice, if you like, mm. so they could have a say as to how they would like to run their workplace rather than management or anyone else saying, you mm. must do this, you must do that. Mm.
1: And, and a key, the key thing is, you know, we very much positioned it as a productivity tool. Yeah. So, you know, this is something that we, we're still expecting 100% productivity, <laughs> yeah. you know, for 100% of the pay and 80% of the time. And people have really, really owned that. You know, certainly within my own team, people have looked at processes and systems, how often we're meeting, the way we're doing things, how we split the four-day working week amongst our team, so when we have a day off, when we don't. We also do a a day from home a week, so it's one day at home, three days in the office, and and one day, as we call, a gift day. And people have just been able to really own that, and in actually, in fact, it's certainly in my team and many other teams, it's actually improved improved, uh, the productivity. Yeah, and that was one of the key
2: factors, is that we were a little bit light on KPIs, And on monitoring productivity, I mean, the health sector organisation. And this enabled us to actually define KPIs for staff, for them to agree the KPIs, Mm -hmm. and for us to monitor their KPIs. So we can actually say, quite your hand on heart, that we have met or exceeded our productivity targets. In most cases, not all cases, but in most cases. Okay, so I mean, it sounds like a lot of things that sort of gain staff buy-in. Uh,
0: things that have given outputs in terms of productivity. I know when uh, HR managers or HR practitioners have come to me and ask about sort of implementing four-day work week or, or other sort of flexible working patterns, one of the questions for them is about getting buy-in from other senior
2: managers. How did, how did that work for you guys with your peers? <laughs> very easy, John, very easy. I mean, um, I mean, because obviously management are eligible for the four-day work week as well. Uh, and so um, I think it was, it was the stake in the ground opportunity. So mm. we could put a stake in the ground we could move forward and unite the workforce around the single initiative which was a big initiative for us and we are a charity after all mm-hmm. uh, and so I think all the managers suddenly realized this was a fantastic opportunity we did have lots of questions about how it was going to operate the mechanics of the thing etc because people were unsure mm-hmm. and people did a lot of research during the uh, preparation for the four-day work week, we engaged with the staff all staff on a regular weekly basis with little snippets of information about the 180-100 rule, how it might work with part-time, et cetera. So people were familiar mm-hmm. with it before we launched into it.
1: Yeah, and, and we actually did it in a couple of ways because we decided that we were going to have a six-month trial. But even before that, we had a pre-trial trial <laughs> <laughs> where a small number of different teams, including my fundraising department, took part in the pre-trial trial. Um, and as part of that, we started building how it would work what the FAQs would look like what the mechanics would be and got those teams in the pre trial trial to start building that so that when we went into the trial for the whole organisation at least we had a starting point but through that whole time we've we've updated and changed and adapted the way we work and the FAQs to, to make it where it is now, which is, is working predominantly across the organization.
2: It is. I mean, we learned quite quickly that there were some parts of the organization that it just wasn't gonna work for. Right. We were very flexible to start with. We said, look, we'd like to engage with all the staff and offer it just about to everyone, including part-time staff. We excluded people like contractors and temps, obviously. Uh, but we found as some of the lessons as we went through this, some operations that just could not work. Uh, part-time workers in particular became really tricky because you obviously chosen to be a part-time worker to start with and then we're, we're saying we're gonna give you more time off and it became very difficult for them to meet their KPIs. Mm-hmm. So those were some of the learning points yeah. that we adopted as we went through. Yeah.
1: And I think that was particularly challenging in offices which were very small and also had part-time staff, so.
2: Mm. Yeah, it was a horses for courses scenario. Mm. So as a good learning point, you know, the, the classic one that we always say is you couldn't operate a hospital emergency department on a four-day work week, is not gonna work. So you need to be realistic.
0: So it sounds like a very sort of agile sort of approach, like try something, stand it up, see what works. If something doesn't, kind of fine, fine tune it. Um, you know, you mentioned about sort of the particular hurdle around sort of part time staff. What were perhaps some of the other big challenges that you had to meet to,
2: to, to resolve? Um, I think some of the, the internal processing of just simple things like sick leave and annual mm-hmm. leave, uh, because with a four day work week, it's We don't change anyone's individual employment contract. Their employment contracts remain the same, so they're still employed 37 and a half hours a week, um, but what we're doing is we're only expecting you to work 30 hours a week in the case of a full-time staff member. But it's just the processing of sick and annual leave. For example, when you take... Annual leave. Some people thought I only have to take four days' annual leave to get a week mm-hmm. off. Unfortunately, it's not like that. You have to take five days because you're contracted for five days and yeah. your leave entitlement, as is statutory required, is a five day work week. So it's just those little mechanics that we worked through. Uh, and some people thought there could be opportunities in taking everyone having a Friday off or a Monday mm-hmm. off. Uh, And of course that doesn't work for the business because not everyone can have a Friday off. So we sort of said, no, look, there's going to be some people taking Wednesdays, Thursdays, whatever. So just little things like that.
1: And I I think broadly speaking across the departments, actually that has worked really well. I think most people have decided amongst themselves as a team which days they were going to have as their gift days and which days they were going to have as their working-from-home days. There's been minimal changing about, and when it has been changed, people have said, actually, I don't feel that this is the best for the business, mm. so therefore I would like to change my day to X. And as I say, certainly within my department, other people I've spoken to, it's been very productivity-led. Right. Um, I think managers in particular, it's, okay, how can I make sure that I'm getting the best use of time with my team? and have changed days but i think we're pretty we're pretty static now in terms of how we go forward mm. and i think something mark highlighted there that you know our full working week is already 37 and a half hours compared to the standard 40 hours mm. in new zealand so working the four day work week is 30 hours mm. you know which can be the four day working week or can be spread equally across the five days which i know for many people certainly some of our Uh, people with young families has been particularly beneficial.
0: Okay and so I hear lots about flexibility within that and that that includes you are talking about people working from home as as well Mm -hmm. was that part of
2: the same initiative or was that something that had been happening already? I think it was a fallout from the COVID effectively Mm -hmm. with obviously we were operating from home in a COVID environment Mm -hmm. and so people got used to working from home and so we wanted to make sure that we still have that flexibility within the organization. Mm-hmm. And we have made some structural changes mm-hmm. to the way we operate our offices going forward and have reduced our office footprint to reflect the fact that people are working from home. And with the four-day work week, we just don't need that space anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we said that you know if you're opting into the four-day work week, because it's an optional opt-in, mm-hmm. that you can have uh, three days in the office, one day working from home, and one day as your gift day. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, people just love that. Yeah. Um, it makes it very yeah. easy for them.
1: And I think it's interesting because you talk about flexibility, and and yes it is, but to extent it's almost not as well. Because (laughs) it's really important with people having a gift day, with people having a work from home day, that that needs to be consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if it was fluid in terms of this week I'm going to have this day and next week I'm going to have that day, it wouldn't be good for business. It would be difficult to engage with colleagues. So, you know, if somebody's got a hospital or a doctor's appointment that's planned in advance, they need to make it for their gift day. You know, it, it's, we are less likely to give people time off at other times, unless it's an absolute emergency, of course. It's that planning ahead that if you've got a day off, that's when you need to be doing your personal activities.
0: Okay, so it sounds like there's, uh, you know, on one hand, I was listening to what you're saying, I was, I said, my goodness, it's like, you know, a thousand or 10,000 flowers kind of bloom, what's, what's, what's kind of happening. But it sounds like
2: you've you've got some principles there that people come back to. Yeah, It is. We've made it quite clear, I mean, the FAQs that we define, and we actually put out a guideline as well for the staff Mm -hmm. to operate with. Um, So it is flexible, but it is firm. And so people, as Gwen was saying, you can't change a day off your gift day every day of the week. You can't accrue a gift day. I had a classic example just this week of someone saying, I haven't been able to take my gift day for the last three weeks. I'd like to take it this week as a catch-up. And the answer is no, because it's only a gift of time off in the week. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not accrued. It's, nothing, it's not like normal annual leave or sick leave. Mm-hmm. So people, you know, some people try and challenge the system, which is great, because then we learn as we go, uh, and we get more used to applying the rules. But it's, it is a simple, flexible mm-hmm. system but you need to respect the principles of the system, yeah. otherwise it becomes
1: a nightmare. And it's really important that it is respected because then it needs to work for all. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's a really interesting point, You know, somebody say yeah, they haven't been able to work their gift day, and we do have individuals or teams, depending on what's going on in the business, they actually, you know, we're a little bit short-staffed at the moment because we're recruiting, or we've got this big project on, or I've got a new team member who I want to train up in the role, and they will then go, actually, this week I'm not going to take my gift day, whilst we deal with this and, and that's the give and take which I think is brilliant and seems to be working really well.
2: It does, I mean even with the productivity outputs as well as Gwen is saying that sometimes some of the teams have not been able to meet their productivity targets so we have suspended the four day work week program while they get back on track. Invariably it's been because we've been short staffed. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay so I mean I've heard this mention of gift day a few times and. Um, I remember we talked to uh, uh, Dr. Jared Ha about his, his research all, all across this, and he had some interesting um, findings around what people did on, on their gift days. And so forth. What, what what do your staff, what do you typically do on your <laughs> gift days? Well, first you've got to get a gift day. Eh?
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's amazing. I think uh, one of the advantages is because it's a scheduled day of the week, mm-hmm. you can arrange. It's amazing, you know, you've got to get your teeth cleaned, you've got to go to the mm-hmm. doctor, whatever. You can get that done. And it's amazing how you can fill in a day off mm. uh, and I mean it doesn't mean going to the golf club or whatever it is actually just taking some time out to do other things mm. uh, and it's just relaxing I mean a lot of people you hear invariably oh, I managed to go to the doctor I managed to get the car serviced it's that sort of routine stuff mm. that they can schedule and get done but a lot of people have much more exciting things than me, <laughs> and I'm sure Gwen's got some examples. Yeah,
1: so I like to call those life admin days, uh-huh. which is actually great because then you get to have the whole weekend with your family, with your friends, that sort of thing. But when we first started doing the uh, four-day working week, I would send photographs to to my colleagues of what I was doing, and I might be reupholstering chairs, or I might be doing some painting, or I might have taken the dog out for a long walk when it's quieter in the park, those sort of things. So, And that's quite a good thing to share with colleagues, so people can can see what other people are doing during that time.
0: Oh, definitely. I think you know. In terms of Jared's findings, he talked about it in terms of some of the well-being benefits. Mm. You know, yeah. so your focus has been you know very much on on productivity. I just wondered, have you noticed, or could you speak to any other sort of wider benefits of, of going to the four-day work
2: week? Whether it's well-being, whether it's about recruitment or retention. We did, uh, we, we, we very clearly focused on what the other benefits would be. Yeah. And when we were surveying the staff before we started, during the pretrial and actually during the operation itself, we actually surveyed the staff and said, you know, how have you found stress levels? How have you found your health and wellbeing? How have you enjoyed the extra time off? And invariably, without exception, it was like overwhelming. It's made a massive difference to me personally in terms of the fact that I can reduce my stress. I can actually have that time off for health and wellbeing exercising. Uh, and so it has made a big difference and the staff have acknowledged it mm-hmm. um, and so I think that has really helped our engagement mm-hmm. and helped our productivity and mm-hmm. uh, helped our concentration on staff and helped us when we were being short staffed because people have had to step up and they understand that hey I have to step up for this time mm-hmm. but I will be able to get my gift day at some point. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Yeah and I certainly think in terms of recruitment you know we all know that we're in a ridiculously tight job market at the moment and we are a not-for-profit so we can't offer some of the benefits that other organisations can. But we can offer this, um, and I think for us as a not-for-profit, it just makes that huge difference in terms of making us stand out from the rest and making us stand out from the for-profit market. You know who who may be able to offer a little bit more in terms of salary.
0: Absolutely. I mean, there's some research I was looking at from the uh, from Nick Bloom, who's been looking at sort of work for home for sort of 20 years. He he re- he recently uh, calculated this this figure that um, across the world, people value. Um, sort of work from home option, and there's that sort of flexibility at 5.2% of, of salary. Yes. So it starts to be something where you're not having to put extra cost into the business yeah, that's right. um, to, to get to get some, some benefits. Um, I wondered, you know, how, how could you as an organisation co- really quantify, sort of, re- really hard in terms of the, the benefits of this?
2: I think that um, we can actually uh, fix a figure to it, if you yeah. like. And so basically we work on, you know, it's a gift day for a full-time staff member, it's a gift day one day a week for roughly 40 weeks of the year, because obviously there's 12 public holidays in a year, etc. So if you worked on the basis that you could get your gift day every week, that's effectively eight extra weeks leave a year. Eight weeks on 52 is roughly 15% of your salary. So it's actually quite a significant I mean, it's, but remember, you can't accrue it, you've got to use it. So that's what the advantage is, you've got to use it then and there. So it is, it does have a material benefit. And I mean, Gwen, is. you know, in some of our recruitments, some of the people have uh, come to us and said the four day work week is a major attraction for us. They could be at a point in their life cycle where they're getting a little bit older, perhaps, the kids have grown up, yep. whatever, and so they can actually use the time uh, worthwhile. Whereas if you've obviously got young children, you're probably still stuck on that timetable of schools and so forth. So it does have a quantifiable benefit. And as I say, we have surveyed the staff on the health and well-being side and we've noticed a significant improvement in their stress levels and in their acknowledgement of the fact that the time is helping them. Very, very
0: good, very interesting. But, you know, I mean, them, them, you know, you've alluded to a few sort of challenges along the way. What would you say was really the most gnarly, difficult part of, part
2: of getting this to work well? Um, I think probably in the first instance was the KPIs getting everyone to quantify and agree their KPIs because Mm -hmm. when you opt into the four-day work week in our organisation we actually get you to fill out a form, uh, agree your KPIs, sign up to the KPIs, monitor the KPIs etc. So it was getting the KPIs quantified first and agreeing to those and I think the one of the biggest complications we had when we went into the trial itself was the part-time workers. Mm -hmm. Uh, That did throw us a little Mm -hmm. bit and we do have a reasonable part-time workforce in our Mm organisation and it became apparent you know, long story short, that it just wasn't going to work for part-time workers. Yes. And so when we went to the full-scale launch, we did not offer it to part-time workers. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but they were offered a more flexible working yeah. pattern in agreement with their manager. So for actually quite a number of our part-time staff, whilst they couldn't opt into the four-day working week, they could all look at other alternative flexible working patterns.
0: Right. So I get the impression from you guys that no no problems like a big, deal for you, that you work out a sort of practical way of, 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 of working through it. Um, you know, to, to what extent have you needed to work across your sort of leadership team to, to work through these these sort of things?
2: Um, I think as a, as a leadership group, we were all on one page. We are all singing mm-hmm. the same song sheet. And, of course, we were reliant on the workforce to come back with the feedback. It was the workforce that came back with the feedback on part-time workers, on mm. office hours. It was not a management um, decision as such, it was the workforce saying, it doesn't work for us, so therefore it made it very easy for us to come back to the workforce. Some of the part-time staff, to be fair, they didn't like it, obviously, because you know, they had it, then it was taken away, um, and that was a good lesson to learn, that we wouldn't do that again. Um, but now I think there's a leadership group, we're totally aligned mm-hmm. in the four-day work week. we use it ourselves. It is hard sometimes, because the principle of the, the gift day, if you like, mm-hmm. is that you don't do any work. So you don't look at your emails, you don't look at your phones, you don't answer your phone. And we all know how hard that is, uh, especially if it's a midweek. Like I have a Thursday off as my gift day. So, you you know, you're tempted. Um, but it's just the discipline. <laughs> yeah.
1: And that is, it is a matter of discipline. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I have made sure that I have a personal phone and a work phone yeah. so that I actually can put everything away, uh, which I think is really important. And I try and plan ahead. So it's either a life admin day or I'm planning to do something for my well-being on that day. Uh, to make sure that actually I am using it properly. Every now and then I do sneak a look at emails, but I really proactively try not to. And the more that you practise that, actually the easier it becomes, because ultimately the world isn't gonna fall apart if I don't look at my emails for a day.
0: Absolutely, and <laughs> as, as a senior lead in the organisation, you're sort of setting the example as well. So they're yep. not replying at two o'clock on a Sunday yep. morning to, <laughs> to an email from Mark, yep. and uh, that uh, you, you're, setting, you're setting that yep. example. And I mean, you know, in, in, in organisations, I can imagine people are sitting there going, right, okay, so it's just four day work week, there's, there's flexible working, there's kind of gift days. That's great that you've got your kind of senior management team sort of aligned on this. Where the work really hits the ground is that sort of middle manager, sort of team leader, a, a, a part of the organisation. What, what, what have you noticed in terms of that group of people? What support have they
2: needed? Or, you know, what have they done particularly well, do you think? We actually, as a, as a result of this exercise, we've actually strengthened our, pe- we call them people leaders in our organization, that mm. mid-level management, uh, people that are, are managing teams. We've strengthened our people leadership group, and we've provided them with additional training and support and mentoring, and uh, just to get them up to the speed with the, the complexities <laughs> of managing a group on a four-day week rather than a full-time workforce. And I think they have also, as a group, adopted it. They're very much in favor of it. Um, they practice it themselves. Um, And so it has actually resulted in a strengthening for us of our middle level management group. Um, um, which is great. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Those, they've been absolutely key in working with their individual teams, bringing the learnings back to across the people group, sharing those learnings, helping us make key decisions. So they've been absolutely critical to the process.
0: Mm. And and to do that is, something that, is that something that's now so embedded in the business, it just happens as a normal course of, of the work, or, or do you have like a special working group or committees still working on this? No, that's yeah. one of the, the big advantages that we've
2: learned. To start with, we did, because mm-hmm. there was just so mm-hmm. many queries about, like, for example, processing sick and annual leave. So we had a centralized group. We just had a, a, mm-hmm. an email, four-day week email, and people would come in with queries, and we'd answer those as a group. But as time's gone, by, that's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, now, for example, I would not receive any queries at all about the four-day work week. Incredibly rare. It would be a very technical question. Uh, more a legal question rather than anything else. So our people managers and the staff themselves, they've now got into the routine. So they know what to do and how to proceed. Yeah.
1: And, and I think that's because we've built the the ways of working as we've gone along. Mm. We've updated, re-updated our FAQs as we've gone along. And I think as Mark's alluded to a couple of times, one of our biggest challenges for some people was getting a head round, actually, what if it's a public holiday? What if I take annual leave? and just really re-educating and re-educating, making sure people, leaders are really clear on that. You know, particularly you know, over Christmas or Easter periods where there's more public holidays, what that means for people. Um, but I think, I think we've cracked that one now.
2: Yeah, I think we have. And as part of the induction of new staff coming on board, they are familiar with that process. And the FAQs now are so strong, it's, it's very easy. I mean, you've,
0: you've mentioned the FAQs a, a few times. I'm just
2: wondering, how, how long is it now? How, how big big is this sort of... I think it's about... Last time I looked, it was about 27 questions. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. yes. So it's, it's quite comprehensive. Yes. Some of the stuff's quite basic. Yes. About, you know, if, you chose, if you've cho- chosen the gift day as a Thursday, you're going to stick with that Thursday for the next quarter or six months. You can't keep chopping and changing. Some of it is more complex about the annual leave and, the, and so forth.
0: Oh my goodness, that doesn't sound quite as intimidating as I thought, thought it might might be. <laughs> it, um,
1: it's really practical because we've yeah. built it as we've been going along. We've learnt, we've adapted, we've changed. So it's, it's FAQs that are, you can implement. Yes. Mm.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it sounds like it's been led by what's happening in the organisation, what's the problem we're we're trying to solve Mm. and I I just again actually reflect back on my conversation with uh, Jared Hart again, he talked about an organisation that had had written a manual at the beginning for the four day work week (laughs) and they wrote this manual and he, he described it as being that thick. And he said they wrote it and then they said it's too complicated, we're not going to do it. So um, you've used to the opposite
2: approach. It seems. We have. I mean, we built up the FAQs over time. I mean, our, our guideline that we actually issue as well is probably a two-page document. Yeah. It's very simple. Yeah. And as Gwen says, the FAQs are actually practical FAQs. You ask the, the, the question, here's the answer, yeah. uh, and rather than some long policy document. We don't do that.
0: An area that comes up often around four-day workweek, flexible working, work from home is about getting teams and individuals to collaborate with mm-hmm. each other well. Um, you know, you've talked about positive benefits in terms of strengthening your sort of pe- people leaders. What, what about that sort of uh, at the individual
2: contributor level? What's, what, have you, what have you seen there? Probably a good one for Glenn because he has got a good team within the fundraising <laughs> and they've been very proactive with the four-day week. Yeah,
1: I, I think... As we said, it's down to being people-led. And Mm. being people-led isn't just about the four-day working week, it's about the culture, it's how they interact as a team. So for my team, I have a team with an incredible cross-working culture, both Mm -hmm. within the team, looking to engage people with outside of the team, and constantly being out there and finding out what other people are doing and how we can be involved. So certainly within my team, everybody works on a Tuesday. Nobody has a gift day on a Tuesday. Um, The majority of people are in the office on a Tuesday, and that's when we have our key structured meetings, and it's also when they'll often find time to have conversations with other people, because what we found in fundraising is the fundraisers are outgoing people. That's by nature who we are, so that face-to-face time is actually really, really important to bounce ideas off each other, which we can then go away and actually implement in other times. So, for example, I work from home on a Monday because I find it's a great way to I block my diary out, I don't have any meetings, just to get a jump on the week, get work done that I need to really focus on. So then when I'm in the office Tuesday to Thursday, because I'm one of those fortunate people with a gift day on a Friday, but that works for fundraising, nobody wants to donate on a Friday. But Tuesday to Thursday, I can be really in the office and I can be really engaged. And that for me is absolutely critical. And my managers try and do exactly the same thing so that when we're in the office, we can be really, really present with our staff.
0: So, I mean, that, that sounds a fantastic way of sort of, sort of mani- managing yourself and managing your relationships with your team. Is, is that the sort of thing that you think if we you know, went into, into Blind o vision started talking to people, that that would be the sort of thing we'd be hearing from most people there? Yeah,
2: no, I definitely think so. That um, you know, the staff uh, are really cognizant of the benefit that they've got, uh, and they're really keen to keep the benefit that they've got. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they are, again, now focused on productivity. It's amazing how, you know, in a five-day work week, you can fill in a five-day work week with lots of meetings, and lots of phone calls, and now we have the situation. Obviously, COVID and Zoom helped us, but uh, we're now finding that people are saying, "Well, I don't need to go to that meeting. You know, that's going to take an hour or half an hour out of my four-day work week. I can do better things with my time." Report back to me when you've got whatever the outcome of the meeting was. So we've found that people have been much more efficient in the use of their time, uh, and that's helped us greatly.
1: And I, and I think in a constructive way, because, you know, you, and it's getting back to the culture piece, there could be people who say, oh, no, I'm not going to attend that meeting. But it's about trust, it's about being there for your colleagues, because the four day working week takes everybody being engaged, otherwise it wouldn't work. And so when people say, actually, do I really need to be at that meeting? It's a genuine, do I need to be at the meeting? Because I could be doing X, Y, and Z, which is a greater benefit for everybody.
0: Okay, so that's a work. So you've been on this journey for quite a, quite a while now. You know, what, what do you think's next for, for you as an organisation in terms of working practices? And um, That's a
2: very good question. I think that we're still probably, we're six, ma- well no, we're nine months in now into this process. And uh, I think we've got it nailed so far. Um, I think that um, going forward we have some new offices coming on board. We have a mm. new office coming back in. So we're going to assimilate our teams back into a new head office uh, or new central office if you like. Uh, and we've uh, done that around hot desking. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we've sort of said that, you know, normally 100 people might work in our central office. We've created 50 desks. So we're trying to uh, encourage that working from home, working four-day work week with the mm. flexible hot-desking, so no offices for anyone in this new environment. Mm. Uh, so we're trying to open the office up that way, encourage collaboration amongst teams, people m- intermixing. Mm. Uh, so I think that's uh, probably our next step, our next challenge in the journey will yeah. be around that.
1: Yeah, And, and that's actually quite interesting because when I say to people, oh, we're moving to a hot-desk environment, nobody has uh, their office, and they're like, even the CEO, it's like, he's really looking forward to hot desking. Um, And I think in this four day working week environment where people are working from home or it is their gift day, actually having the opportunity to sit in a room with other people, with different people each day, it just helps collaboration. We've already got a couple of other offices around the country and within Auckland where we are already hot desking. And we are really finding the benefits of just being able to be with people perhaps traditionally we wouldn't have been with.
0: So, you're getting benefits from that, and it's a nice sort of lead in, too. Right? It's another sort of flexibility, mm-hmm. in effect, not having your own office or your own desk, yes. um, and the times that, that, that you come in. Um, you know, um, when I talk to HR managers and business owners in, in, in Auckland at the moment, um, you know, the subjects of recruitment of people and the challenges with that, and the, the challenge of, of retaining people. Uh, in their organisation. How how has the sort of four day work week and the other flexibilities that you've got here sort of helped you in in those areas
2: of recruitment and retention? I think with recruitment it does help us because we advertise Mm. the fact that we are a four day work week operation now. Um, I think with retention, it's actually educating those that are thinking about leaving about the benefit of the four day work week because invariably when they're looking at another organization they're not getting four days work week and they've probably been asked to do five or six days work in the five days. And so it's just reminding them of the benefit and trying to say well there is a tangible benefit here that it is the 40 days uh, and you know that's time that you've got to use yourself you're probably not going to get that at another organization. And that might balance off the salary problem So, why we can't afford to pay the very top of the market, obviously, as a charity, it does come into people's consideration, particularly Mm. if they're in the right life cycle uh, with where they are. I mean, realistically, if you're a young 25 year old, uh, I mean, probably salary is going to be important to you. Mm. uh, But if you're a little bit older and a different stage of your life, uh, having time off is probably more Mm. important to you. Yeah.
1: And I certainly think perhaps people who are further on in their career it's probably going to retain them for longer exactly why mark says because People I've noticed that are choosing to move on, it's a very structured decision in terms of their next career opportunity, Mm -hmm. their next step up, which might not readily be available within blind, low vision. And certainly so within my department, that's something we're really looking at this year is around training development and how we can look at opportunities to retain people within the organisation, be it in my department or across other departments.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, I think with, with um, sort of flexible working, I've certainly noticed more and more job adverts make sure they say up front mm-hmm. what it is, because I think every recruitment manager, HR manager was being asked, What's your policy? So people are making sure they put it up front and, and make it clear. So, um, you know, with, with recruitment, I can see its benefits. Uh, and with retention, I think, as you, as you say, it's another factor that people have to take into account mm-hmm. when, when looking to move, to move on. It may not outweigh other things mm-hmm. in some cases. So, you know, it sounds like this sits very well in your overall sort of value proposition to, to your
2: employees. It does, and I think uh, we've also got to probably remember that we also have the ability to offer a flexible working pattern an mm-hmm. FWA, if you like, but they are mutually exclusive. You can't have a flexible working arrangement and a four-day week. it's <laughs> one or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we can cater for those that, for example, uh, don't want to opt in, and we have had some staff mm-hmm. that do not opt in for whatever reason, uh, and that, they might like to have a fixable working arrangement, which still requires them to work their full hours, but they may choose to work those again over four days rather than
1: five. And certainly for our part-time workers, whilst they haven't been able to opt into the four-day working week, we've actually been able to create some really flexible working opportunities for them, which I think has been a, a really important thing to do in, in recognition of those workers as well. Um, and I think what's important going back to recruitment, even before we started the four-day working week, I think with lockdowns and COVIDs, COVID, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> but it is COVID, COVID, now, is COVID think, technically, yes. Yeah. Um, I think people are expecting flexible working. Mm. You know, when I've been recruiting people, it's been an expectation.
0: Oh, I think you're absolutely right. I think that expectations that they from people and I think being able to meet it very clearly with what your, your policies are. And, um, you know, as I say, the range of them, um, it creates a sort of powerful proposition in itself, let alone the other things that, that you can offer. Um, so, o- over, overall, from this, um, you know, if you were trying to distill down the advice to you know other, other uh, organizations about what to do, you know, what would be sort of I don't know two or three sort of
2: absolute key things to do when when considering this. Uh, one, absolute confidence in your staff to mm-hmm. design the solution to suit them and the business requirements. It must be a staff-led solution; mm-hmm. otherwise, it won't work for you. And I think probably the second big one from my perspective is the KPIs, actually defining very clearly and getting staff to agree what their productivity outputs are so that you can monitor them because you need to be able to prove it. Um, and I think those are the two big things from my perspective.
1: Yeah, and I think leading on from that is we've always driven this as being a productivity tool.
0: Mm.
1: You know, and using the term gift day, A, because it's it's not a day off in, in terms of legalese, um, but using the term gift day just reinforces that it is a gift. We don't have to give it, we're not obliged to give it, it's not part of the contract, but it is in recognition of productivity.
0: Yeah, so there's that you know very adult kind yeah. of trade off around around these th- around these things, and yeah. I think that point about trust um, takes us right back to the sort of very first thing th- thing you said about being sort of staff led, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think you know you you've circled back too to the sort of productivity gains and keeping mm-hmm. on that, and that's a that's a very nice balance to kind of be able to hold both those things, and um, I think makes a, an organisation a very attractive place to work. People like places where they're trusted to do their best, and people like to be on well, quite frankly, winning teams mm. usually
2: too. Yeah, no, it makes a difference, I think. And you know, I mean, we did have an issue with, with KPIs in the organisation to start with. Mm. And people, you know, most people are naturally reluctant to sign up <laughs> to something that they're going to be monitored on. Uh, but uh, we found that it was absolutely essential. And it was the way that we could still the four-day workweek was, that, you know, that's a, a pretty quo quo. Mm. We'll give you the time off this gift day, but in return, you must meet your 100% productivity. Mm. Uh, And we will monitor that. And as we've said, that when occasions when teams haven't been doing it, we will withdraw it. We will withdraw it. Uh, And we'll bring it back as well. Mm. So it's not a permanent withdrawal.
1: We will work with you to ensure that you're reaching your productivity. Mm. Yeah, again, that kind of
0: mutual sort of payoff and mutual mutual effort. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, as I say, sort of covered a lot of sort of ground here. Um, and in terms of sort of organizations that sort of want to perhaps move in this direction and find out more. you've been very generous with your time today and before with us. Um, you know is there any way that people uh, could get in touch with you or that
2: you could share information about this with other members? Oh absolutely I think we're we, you know, we were quite green when we started. Mm. We, we, you know, we did our research and we sort of worked through it because we we're a little bit more complex in mm. an organization in terms of the way we deliver services and our structure. And so we had to learn as we go. So we've done the hard yards and yeah. we've learned some of those lessons the hard way <laughs> uh, and, uh, and some of the complexities we've managed to get through. And, mm. and we can probably save people a lot of legal time and expense yeah by just the practicality of what we've done. Mm-hmm. And we'd be more than happy to share our FAQs, for example. Obviously, they're designed around our organisation as, as a charity mm-hmm. and the way we operate, mm-hmm. but the principles are, are there and available, and we'd be more than happy to contribute and talk to others about that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and, and I think from my perspective, you know, being general manager of fundraising, for me, it's really important to get Blind, Low Vision, NZ out there. And it's one of the reasons when I saw you promoting Four Day Working Week, I got in touch with the EMA, because it's like, hey, we're we're the first charity in New Zealand to be doing this. I think we actually have a lot to offer to other not-for-profits, to the for-profit sector. Um, And we'd love to work with you, both in terms of supporting you in terms of how you can implement, but also raising awareness of the work that we do, because... You know, two thirds of our income is fundraised through the general public through organisations, and we'd just love to have a conversation with you about what that might mean. So, the more that we can talk to you about what we do and share our knowledge, we just gently letting people know how they can also support us. I, I, I'm I'm hearing
0: what you're saying, there, Gwen. That you've got your message. Your message. So mm-hmm. that and that that's great. I think that's uh, a sort of really nice sort of point mm-hmm. to kind of bring bring the conversation to to a close. Um, and obviously, I'm, I'm very grateful for you taking the time to come in and have this conversation and, and share share your knowledge a, about it. Um, and you know, the four-day four work week is is going to be something that we will uh, continue to to look into. Um, it working in New Zealand and organisations that are uh, trialling the four-day work week, we know of other members that are interested and another member that is involved in our, in the current trial. Um, and we will be. Looking to make sure that our members are informed about this and, and other flexible working patterns, particularly ones where there's there's great claims in terms of being able to drive increased productivity, uh, being able to improve the well-being of staff, and uh, to help with recruitment and retention too. So, um, thank you again to my my two guests. I really appreciate having having you today. Very very much enjoyed the conversation and, and learned a few things few things there. Very glad to hear about this just 27 FAQs. I <laughs> hope, hope with that, um, and. And thank you too for everyone that's joined us online to to listen to this.